Start us off in a word of prayer. Lord, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship you again today. Lord, with today being Mother's Day, Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you for all the mothers that we have in here this morning, Lord. Thank you for their leadership and our families. Lord, thank you for them taking care of us, Lord. I know that they're the glue that holds our families together. We're just so appreciative of all the mothers that are here today. Lord, also pray this morning that, that you be a big part of this service this morning, Lord, that you make yourself move in a big way. Lord, I pray that if anybody in here doesn't have that relationship with you, Lord, that, that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that today will be the day that they come to know you as their personal Savior. Lord, we love you. So grateful for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's all stand page 286. Let's do one more, page 248. Oh! 
this I was so ashamed of all the wrong that I've done. I knew I had to pay. I was bound to face hell's flames. I'd be there today, my friend. But I'm saved just by his blood.
us to that last verse. His hope is covenant, his blood to pour me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and strength. Uh, take up our offering. Uh, Brother Joe, can you uh, pray over the offering, please? everybody. I hope everybody's having a, a good morning. It's, it's a beautiful day outside and like I always say if you're not having a good morning just give a little bit in here open yourself up to the Lord it'll change I guarantee you. So uh, I want to wish everybody who is a mother out there a happy Mother's Day. Uh, you deserve it. You do it a lot. So let's uh, do some announcements here. Uh, so service this morning we're not going to have a night service so uh, uh, if you got opportunity, go see your mothers and go have a good time with them. Uh, May 21st, got a graduation ceremony for Sarah Hafley, Bella Dinsmore, and Brady May. So please, please make arrangements to join us for that and celebrate uh, uh, that milestone. Graduating uh, uh, high school is, is, is very important. Uh, they, they've worked hard, I guarantee it. May the 24th, we're having the end of school bash for the Crusaders for Christ. Now, that is a Wednesday. Uh, we're planning on having a lot of stuff for them to do, having a, a big blast, actually. Uh, 
So what we're not going to do, we're not going to have Wednesday night Bible service, okay? So we're just going to enjoy the kids and just, just have a fun night that night. Uh, let's see, May the 28th, got uh, choir practice after service. So remember that if you're part of the choir, uh, make arrangements for that. And just wanted to throw out there next Sunday, next Sunday morning and Sunday evening, uh, we've got uh, Scotty Baker coming to preach for us. Uh, so please uh, be here uh, for that as well. Okay. Um, anything else that I'll bring it? Go ahead and do it. All right. So right now, since it is Mother's Day, uh, we are going to celebrate uh, mothers. We're going to celebrate the one that has the most children. Doesn't necessarily have to be present, but the one with the most children, and the, and the youngest, and the oldest mother. Uh, so, I'll tell you what, if I can get a couple of hands uh, to, to hand these flowers out uh, when we get there. So let's start with the ones with the most children. If um, you've got, I don't know, five children, stand up. All right. How about, Okay. Okay, how about seven children? Oh, let's go back to six. Let's go back to five. I guess we got a tie. Awesome. There was three? Oh, got a three-way tie. Okay. Okay, yeah. Let's do it. All right, good job. So now let's look at the youngest mother. If you are 20 years old and you are a mother, stand up. All right. Let's go with 25. All right. Let's go with 28. Oh, 28. 27. Close enough. Anybody, anybody younger than 27 is a mother? Oh. How old are you? 26. 26. Anybody younger than 26 is a mother? 25. All right. All right. Now the controversial one, right? The oldest mother here. How about 90 years old? Yeah. That is pretty high. But I'm just following orders. <laughs> How about 80. No. Oh, oh, we got 80. All right, all right. What well, can anybody beat 80? Let's say 80. How old are 81. Do we have 82? No 82? All right, good job. Congratulations. All right, once again, I just want to uh, say I appreciate everybody here and uh, happy Mother's Day. Clear. 
It's an honor to be here with you again this morning. Thank you, brother. Uh, if you will, be turning your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. I was telling them, uh, the vicars over here on the front row, I said, uh, they kept saying, ladies, are you 20? Are you 25? I says, I'm just waiting for one of these guys to stand up and say, that's what I identify as. <laughs> I'm just saying. And they said they'd be kind of escorted out. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen there? Okay. And all, all joking aside, let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Just stand with us out of honor to God's word. We're just going to read one verse to start off today. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land. Which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Brother Lloyd, if you'll lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated, except for the mothers. If you're a mother, I want you to remain standing. I just want to take time before we get into the sermon and just give y'all a round of applause. Today is y'all's day. And today y'all deserve it. Thank you so much. You can be seated. First of all, I want to look at this verse. We miss so much in this verse when we first read it. 
It says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So children, this commandment is to y'all. You're supposed to honor mom and dad. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And it also says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. You want to know why that is, children? I know a lot of times we hear mom and dad say stuff, and we're like, why did mom and dad tell me no? You want to know why? Mom and dad has been down the road before. Mom and dad knows what you're going through. Mom and dad is saying no for a reason. They're not saying that just to make you mad. They're not saying that just to make you feel like, oh, mom and dad tells me everything to do. They're not saying it for that. They're doing that for your best benefit. And the Bible says if you will honor that, that advice is going to help you in life. That advice will keep you safe in life to an extent. If you will follow that, if you will honor your father and your mother, it will add to your life because you're not going to be making some of the mistakes that could take you out of this life. So what he's saying is, honor thy father and thy mother. And he says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Do you realize, children, that when you listen to mom and dad, when you do what mom and dad says, you're not only doing it for them, but you're doing it for God. The Bible says you are honoring God when you follow what mom and dad says, unless mom and dad makes us, gives you a commandment that is against the word of God. But that's just a little side note. As long as mom and dad is not telling you to do something that directly conflicts with the Bible, you are supposed to listen to them. It's in the Bible. But here's where we miss something. Do you realize that this is actually a twofold commandment? We, all, we always say, oh, this is for the children. This is for the children. Honor thy father and thy mother. No, this is a commandment to mom and dad. This is a commandment to mom and dad. How do, how do you get that, Brother Derek? Because if uh, you go to Romans chapter 13, verses 7 through 10. I'm just going to flip over there really quick. Romans chapter 13. Verses 7 through 10. It says this. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tri tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I know it was talking about in the verses prior to that, like the kings and the magistrates and all that. Render that, But he says, if they're due honor, you render honor to them. And if you keep following this, uh, this verses, it says, Owe no man anything but love one another, for he that loveth hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. So he's saying, you're supposed to render honor to whom honor is due. Moms, since we're on Mother's Day, but dads as well, be honorable. The Bible is not telling us as mom and dads that, they just, that we just deserve it. Do you realize respect is earned? Honor is earned? So if the Bible is telling your children to honor you, 
That is a commandment to you to be honorable. That is a commandment for you to step it up. You're not just given this. You're supposed to earn this. You're supposed to earn the honor and the respect of your children. But too many times we walk around with our kids and saying, you got to listen to me. You got to listen to me. Well, how about we live by example? Don't do as I say, do as I do. Don't send them to church, bring them to church. Be that living example for your children that they can look. They don't even, ha hey, I'm just going to ask this. Would your children know how to live if you never spoke a word to them? How about living a life that mimics a Christ? That way they can see it. See, there's a lot of people that learn a lot of different ways. My wife was a teacher, so she's told me this. That there's so many ways that people learn. They learn by vision. They learn by writing it down. They learn by hearing. But if all they're doing is hearing, they're not learning like they should. They need to see it. Visual examples is a great way to learn. Live the Christian life. Be that Christian, that behind the scenes, that everybody sees on Sunday morning. Be that at the house on Monday. Be that at the house on a Tuesday. Be that at the house on a Saturday night. Be real. Your kids know who you are. Your kids hear the arguments on the way to church and then you get out of church and, oh, now we're ready to go into church. Hallelujah. They hear those. They know those. And we're all found guilty. We're all found guilty. But be that parent to that child that they can say, Mom and Dad not only told me about Jesus, they showed me Jesus through their life. I want, to, I want you to see this though. Here's the thing. Well, that's all great to preach on honor and be honorable, but how do you do that, Brother Derek? I'm glad you asked. Turn over to Proverbs 31 again. I love how God just sets everything up when I preach. They already hit on this right in the Sunday school hour. Proverbs chapter 31. I want you to see something right here. He says, this is the characteristic of a godly mother. Of a godly woman. You want to be honorable? You're going to see it right here. He says in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Now I want you to see this right here. That he says if you find a virtuous woman. You hang on to her. Her price outnumbers jewels. Her price outnumbers rubies. You want to know what that means? It means riches come. Riches go. But the lasting effect that you have on your family can last from generation to generation to generation. While that wealth is already gone, while those rubies are already spent, what you invest in your children, they're going to invest in their children, which is going to invest in their children. If you make a decision that I'm going to follow God, I'm going to live this godly life, you're changing your family tree. Riches might not do that. Riches might actually take you the wrong direction. Because the Bible does say, I'm going to do a little side note here, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. Money's not the root of all evil. It's the love. What does that mean? If you go through, and I've tried it with when I was a youth pastor. I said, name any sin you can think of. And they would start naming them. I says, do you realize love of money can lead to that? And I'd show them how. 
don't mean that every sin comes from the love of money, but it means the love of money can take you in any sin in any direction. Now we'll go to the next verse. I want you to see some things about this lady. First of all, we see in verses 10 through 12, she is faithful. He says, verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, that she hath no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now I want you to see, guys love to use verse 11 right here. She has no need of spoil. She ain't, she ain't one of those gold diggers. <laughs> she ain't one of those high maintenance women. No, that's not what the verse says when you get into it. What that verse is actually saying is, he's not going to go out. Back in Bible times, when they would do spoil, it was after like a war. And they would take of the spoil. It says she has no need of that. He don't have to go out in war to make her happy. Matter of fact, we're about to see a few, uh, few other things. She's happy with what she's got and she's contributing herself. Hmm. This is a partnership. When these kids look at mom and dad, we have different roles. Yes, we do. But they better see mom and dad as one. They better not go to Miss Pam and say, oh, I want this. And she say, okay, and go to that. No, that, you better have a united front. You better have a united front. I'm picking on you, sorry. You better have that united front. Why is that? Because they'll start pinning mom against dad and dad against mom. Kids are smart. I did it. This one right here has already learned how to do it. So what I, my first answer is when Addie asked, can I have this? I said, what did your mama say? You better have that united front. You want to know why? Division, God is not the author of confusion. Any division comes from Satan. So if they pit mom against dad, the devil's already got there. So you better have that united front working as one cohesive unit. Working as one to raise that child. If you have different opinions, you better hash that out behind closed doors and come to a settlement before you bring the final decision to the child. Because they don't need to be confused. Honorable, not having division in that relationship. Well, I've made mistakes. I'll tell you right now, I've made mistakes, and Jessica can tell you I've made mistakes. But you don't want to know what? You've got to let go of the past. You can't change it. You can only change your present and your future. So let's stop harping on the past. The next thing I say about this lady. She's frugal. The next verses, read it. Uh, verses 13 through 16. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She like, verse 14, she is like merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth up also while it is yet night and uh, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it and the fruit of her hands planteth a vineyard. She is frugal with what she has. It says she's going like the merchants and bringing it from afar. She ain't paying that high cost. Why is that? God has entrusted you. It don't matter what part of your life it is, whether it's money, whether it's your relationship, whether it is uh, your job, wherever it is, 
God has entrusted that with you and you need to be frugal with it. You do not need to waste it. When you go on the job, the Bible says to work heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You better go to your job and act like I'm working for God today. I'm not working for my boss. You will see your production go up. You'll see your joy go up and you won't be so frustrated with your job when you realize you're working for him and not yourself. I don't even know where this is coming, but God's giving it to me as we're going. And that's what, my, that's what the children see. Do they hear you griping and complaining about your job at the house? My daddy and mommy hate their job. Well, either find something that makes you happy or start doing it for the Lord. Because all they're hearing is God has given me blessings and I'm not happy with them. And then we wonder why the kids got an I won't problem. Because we have blessings. God has given me a job. And all I'm doing is complaining about it. Well, if it's not your calling, find your calling. If it is your calling, be joyful and do it as to the Lord. Because that's where the kids will start mimicking mom and dad. When mom and dad are constantly complaining. And then we turn around and look at the kids and say, why are y'all always complaining? That preacher's then got into meddling this morning, hadn't he? But many of your commentators will actually say this lady of Proverbs uh, chapter 31 is the top of the church. Church, are we being frugal with what God's given us? Are we being happy with the blessings he gives, gives us? Are we always complaining around the church house? It's just a thought. Because he, many commentators, if you'll go and look, compare the lady of Proverbs 31 to the church. Be frugal. Be faithful. Are we faithful to the church? I'll let you answer that. Next verse is 17 through 24. I won't take the time to read all this because i got to move on. But look at 17 through 24. You'll find that this lady is fruitful. She is Taking it up herself. She ain't just sitting around. She is investing in her family. She is investing in her relationship. She is investing in her home. We even see that. I'll, I'll read a little bit of it. It says, verse 21, She is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. You want to know something about a, uh, a, a godly mom and dad? They're going to make sure their household's taken care of before they are. It don't matter. I'm going to tell you, if there's a, enough food at the house just for two people to eat, you know who's going to be eating? Addie and Dawson. If there's enough for three, it's going to be Addie, Dawson, and Jessica. Do you put the needs of others first? Or do we put our own needs, our own selfish desires ahead? You want, the Bible says this, this lady right here is a keeper. If you find this woman, keep her. This is a keeper. This is an honorable woman. We're about to see that. Let's move on down for sake of time. It says in verse uh, 25, what is that third word? Strength and honor. Now we found out how we get the honor of our children. If we go through this checklist of Proverbs 31, even for the gentleman. If we go through this and we invest in our family like we should, 
If we invest, that's going to be honorable. That's where you're going to deserve the honor and respect that your children give you. You can't demand something if you don't deserve it. So let's stop looking at our children and our grandchildren saying, listen to me. Unless we're actually living what we're saying. Another, another verse about this. I wanted to show you something. Verses 25 through 30. It says, uh, strength and honor in her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. How kind would your children say you are? It says when they open their mouth, it's the law of kindness. Would your children say you're one that's always mad? Or would your children say that's one kind person? And I'm not saying I am the one with the halo on my head. Because if you want to talk to Jessica, and please don't, you'll find out <laughs> that this message hit me hard before I could preach it. But any message that a preacher preaches, they'll, they'll testify. It hits you before it hits the pulpit. The next verses. It says, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. In verses before, it says that she was up all night. The candle didn't go out. How many sleepless nights has these mothers spent with a sick child? Middle of the night. Mommy, mommy. I'll tell you right now, when Dawson gets up in the middle of the night, he don't want daddy. Mommy, I'll even get up and say, you sleep, Jessica. No, I want mommy. And you know what? She gets up the very next day and she may go to her job. How many nights? That is honorable. That is honorable. That, I mean, forget about the nine months for a second that they spent carrying that child. But all the time they invested after that child got here. All the sleepless nights. All the hard work. All that they poured into them. And you want to know what? They wouldn't trade it for a minute. Let's see what's next. It says, her children riseth up and call her blessed. Her husband also praiseth her. Now, I want to take just a second right here. Last year, we preached on this. But gas has just got thrown on the fire even since then. Do you realize what this world is doing to our society? And they don't even realize it. The devil is trying to take out the book of Genesis. The de devil wants to take the book of Genesis and rip it out of the Bible. You want to, you know, I don't believe that, Brother Derek. Well, ask all these kids that are in a public school. Ask them if their teacher tells them if there was a flood or not. They'll say there was no flood. No flood. How about, and that's an attack on Genesis chapter 6 through chapters 8. Well, what about evolution? They'll be teaching them that we evolved from monkeys. I want to say this right now. Back in Columbus's time, they thought the earth was flat. We looked at them and said, what were y'all thinking? If the Lord spares his coming two, three hundred years from now, they're going to be looking at us and saying, y'all thought we came from monkeys? What were y'all thinking? The more science evolves, the more it connects with the word of God. But that's a whole different sermon. I actually had a high school teacher pick on one of my teenagers when I was a youth pastor. I gave her some stuff to go back. The teacher said, I did not know that was in the Bible. And he left her alone. She says, I hadn't heard from him anymore. 
Amen. He didn't say, uh, you gave me something to think about. I said, give him my number. I'll be glad to talk to him anytime he wants to about science and the Bible. But it says, get back. Evolution is an attack on Genesis 1-1. Abortion is an attack on Genesis 1-28. When he told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. I got to get into this. I'm sorry. There's only three times. I, I, I told y'all a while back. That there was four types of love in the Bible. But there's only, and one of them is called storage. That is a family type of love. That is a love that a mother has for their child. Do you realize that form of storage is only mentioned three times in the Bible? Three times. And two of them is in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 31, I believe it is. Where it says, without natural affection. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3, as a sign of the end times, where he says, This know also that perilous times shall come. He says, They shall be without natural affection. That is a storgos, which means it's without that natural love. Without that natural love. We see that in our society today, that the love of their children is going away. Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, yes. Preachers preached many years ago. Oh, they're going to be killing babies back in, the, uh, back in the Bible times they did that. But it was Herod. It was Pharaoh that did the killing. Now we're having mamas going to clinics saying, take my baby. They don't have love for that child. That natural love is being erased by Satan. I mean, how could you do that to your own child? But it's a sign of the end of times. That was one of the things that was listed in 2 Timothy chapter 3. That the love of mother and child will be going away. That natural affection without natural affection. It's just natural for a mom to love that sweet baby. It's, a, it's unnatural to want to get rid of it. And that's what Satan is doing to our society. And it's just a sign that the Lord's coming back soon. I want you to see something else. Homosexuality has become more popular. I know I'm not preaching politically correct this morning. But if we're going to be honorable, we need to be honorable according to God's words and not man's standards. Yes, this is a live stream. Yes, the government can see this. They monitor everything. If you don't think so, the other day I was going down the road and I said, Jessica, do you want some pizza? And then uh, a few minutes later on Facebook, Domino's pops up and Papa John's pops up. I says, well, I haven't seen pizza ads in a while. So if they're not monitoring this, it would be very shocking. But we need to be honorable according to God's words and not the world's words. And by the way, my name is Derek Knight. I am not a representative of Merville Baptist Church. If you want to come back and you want to come after me, that's different. I'll put that disclaimer in there to protect y'all. Although I know y'all believe the same way I do. Genesis chapter 24, there was an assault on marriage where they knocked down the marriage act. He says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his own wife and the twain shall become one flesh. And now we have the gender identity crisis. And that's a direct attack on Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 27. And when we say, I'm just going to put it out there. I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but before you get to it, just hold on just a second. But when God made you, he didn't make a mistake. When he made you a woman, he gave you superpowers that I'll never have. 
See, I, I, I'm just going to say, I despise it when they call them birthing persons. Y'all are mothers. This is Mother's Day, not birthing persons day. And I'm going to tell you right now where I stand. I stand that God does not make a mistake. And Jessica is my wife. And she carried two of my children. And my, and I, my only two children. But I want to tell you something. She has a superpower that I don't have. I'm a man and I'll never have a baby. Put that out there. I am a man and I'll never have a baby. And I'm not saying that harsh. I'm saying it as gospel fact. It comes from God's word. He says male and female created he them. I was born a male and then Jessica was born a female. Guess what? God don't make mistakes. He had a plan for your life. And if you try to change it, you're messing it up. Okay, be honorable. And I know you say, well, that's kind of harsh, but do it in love. I remember when I was a youth pastor and I'm going to be wrapping up here. I know I'm starting to get, I told y'all. Um, preacher, what the preacher told me, you better make it quick because when you lose them, you lose them. Just give me about 10 more minutes or less and I'll be wrapping it up. But I want you to know this. When I was a youth pastor, we was up at Asheville, North Carolina. We got out of our bus and we went into McDonald's and as we was coming out, I said, I got to go to the restroom. Now, as I come out, one of our girls was just sobbing. I said, what's going on? She says... One of those people come by us and they were a transgender and they says that those people hate us, that, that everybody that's a transgender is going to hell. There's those church people. Left my little, that little girl in tears. Well, what did you do as a youth pastor, Brother Derek? Did you just hop in the car and go on? No. I says, come on. We walked in there and we found that transgender couple. Slid, slid, uh, quietly slid behind them in line. Didn't say a word. They ordered their food. And then I stepped up and says, wait a minute. Let me take our church youth card and pay for your meal. No, no, no. You can't do that. You can't do it. We want to. No, no, no. You can't do that. No, we want to. Says, I don't know what you've been told. Yes, we do need to preach hell. But we need to preach it out of a heart of love. And I told them, I says... I want you to know something. God loves you. And I want you to know that we love you as well. Did not condemn them or anything like that because they had already heard the other side of it. And that's the same way with our children. Same way with our children. How many has ever heard the statement, spare the rod, spoil the child? You know, that's not unbiblical. If you go look at it, it says, spare the rod, hate the son. Hate him. But we go to extremes one way or another, don't we? We either get on this extreme where it says, oh, I'm going to let my kid do whatever they want to do. I'm going to be their friend. I'm not going to correct them. You know what the Bible says? You're not showing love, you're showing hate. Bible. But... And this may be where I get into some trouble, Brother Terry. Bail me out later, but I'm going to preach. How many in here is preachers? Raise your hand. Preachers and teachers. Raise them high. Preachers and teachers. I want you to understand something also. You can go to the extreme the other way as well. My dad was abused. And it tears my heart out when I... And this, 
Just understand, we're all going to be held accountable for our words. But when we stand behind a pulpit, we're doubly accountable. And I'm not going to tell you what to preach, but make sure it came from God. I've heard even some of my great mentors get up there and brag about how they were beat by their parents. But I also know after 43 years, there's some crazies that sit on the church pew. And what they hear, oh, listen to how the preacher was beat. You may have just gave them permission to go home and give their kid a black eye or a punch to the gut. Be careful about how you preach and brag about how you were beat. Because not everybody, even that sits on a church pew, is going to interpret that the way you do. They may go home and beat their kids silly. That's the reason when you correct someone, you correct them out of a heart of love. To do nothing does not show love. To beat on them like they're a punching bag is not a heart of love. A love is to take them down. Explain to them why they are being punished. What does a kid know if all they do is get a slap across the face and didn't even know what it was for? How are they going to straighten it out? You take them, you set them down, and you explain to them why they are being punished and then punish in the right way. You don't let it slide, but you don't use them as a punching bag. Okay, you know where I stand on that. But finally, it says, verses 25, it finishes off in uh, Proverbs chapter 31. It says, 29, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This is a mother, a lady that fears God. So we've seen faithfulness, we've seen frugalness, we've seen fruitfulness, and now we see fearfulness. They fear God. If the instrument players will be making their way up, I told you, I would... I would be wrapping it up. But I want you to see verse 1 of chapter 31. It says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. This came from a mama. This came from a godly mama. Teach your kids the right way. Live what you preach. Don't just tell them about it. I'm going to ask you this. Eve was a mother of all. That's the reason she received her name, Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. But her actions not only affected her, it affected her children. Realize, mothers, fathers, your actions affect your children. But give us those Hannahs. Those Hannahs that got down and prayed so hard that Eli thought she was drunk. I want this child so much, God. When was the last time you actually got on your knees and shed a tear over your children? I'm not talking about one of those quick little prayers, God be with them. I'm talking about when was the last time that you got down on your knees that somebody might thought you were drunk, you were praying so hard for your children. It's our job as parents, not the government's job to raise our children. And we need to be prayerful. The devil is after our children. And we need to be honorable this morning. We need to pray for them. We need the Hannahs that will pray so hard for their children and then give them back to the Lord. 
We need those Naomi's. I know it's a running joke about your mother-in-law, but do you realize Naomi had such an impact on her daughter-in-laws that she said, Ruth said, whether thou goest, I will go. We'd like to assign that verse to a husband and a wife, but it was not to a husband and a wife. It was between a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. Do you realize when you married your wife or your husband, you married their family, try to make it work. Don't put your spouse in a difficult position to choose between their parents and you. If you really love your parent, I mean your wife or your husband, try to make it work with your in-laws. That's what Naomi did. And she had the respect of Ruth, that Ruth left everything to follow her mother-in-law. Finally, then we have Mary, who had miracles, but she trusted in God. Remember the first miracle that Jesus did? Mary was there and she says, whatever he says, you listen to him. She had so much faith in Jesus. Where are the mothers? Where are the fathers that have so much faith in Jesus? Brother, I believe I've done what God said to do. I know it's a little harder, but I know there are some godly mothers and godly fathers in here. Live up to it. Your children are dependent on you. Page 410.